This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Round Ball Stew. I'm Dan Titus. That's Raphael Johnson. It's week 19 in fantasy basketball. That's right. Trade deadline for most default leagues is approaching tomorrow. Not only that, the playoffs start for some in week 20. Most of the defaults are in week 21. But, Raph, we got a lot to talk about per usual. But first off, man, how you doing? How's the week coming? Uh, What were your thoughts on basketball over the last week? I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for asking. I hope you and all the viewers and listeners are doing well also. Um, I think we just got to start with Damian Lillard. You know, 71 points. I know it was Houston, but I've never scored one point in an NBA game, so I'm not going to try to downplay someone scoring 71. But it was absolutely incredible, the shot-making that was on display in that game. I think 13 three-pointers, pulling up from like 35, 40 feet with ease. You do what he did. That was that was a sight to behold Sunday night. That was special. One one off tying Clay's record for the most three pointers in a game. I watched mm-hmm. the game and just uh, you said it best, man. The way he was creating his shot, there's nothing you could do. Um, not to say that you know Houston isn't really the beacon of yeah. of, of defensive efficiency here, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, you can't can't discount what Dame's doing. And I heard some some pretty interesting discourse about. Um, where does Dame rank in terms of like shooters of all time? And he said that he belongs number two. And I think he actually has a case for it, right? Like if you look at the accuracy that he has from distance, the only person that he, I think he shoots actually more accurate from 40 feet than Steph Curry does, but Steph kind of evolved the game to be where Mm -hmm. Dame is at. But I mean, but if you're also looking at the way that he creates his shot, like he's not coming off ball, like he's having to do this all on his own for the most part. So different kind of system but you know I, I think that dame has really shown that i don't know he's one of the most prolific scores of of this generation like to oh, be six yeah. three doing that like mm-hmm. i mean the only person i've seen that gets buckets like that under six foot three is probably Allen iverson so yeah it's just a testament to how good he is but yeah the, the, the portland trailblazers though interesting team man they're still as much as it's going to take dame he might have to go for 50 like every <laughs> game uh, mm-hmm. for them to actually get a chance here. But we did see at least some improvements from his teammates. Jeremy Grant had a good game um, last night, as well as Shaden Sharp kind of came together. Don't know what's happening with Yusuf Nurkic, but, you know, this Blazers team, I'd be kind of concerned about uh, their playoff chances right now because I, I think that they're going to have to – Dame's going to have to have these explosions for them to actually have a, a legitimate chance at making a run here. Yeah, I can see him going on a run, getting them out of the play-in and into the – actual playoffs but you have to do that what it, a minimum of four times to get out of the first round yeah you may have to do it even more like you know because of the issue they have i do want to shout out matisse thibault though i think what was he like five for six from three last night yeah uh, it's funny that both he and josh hart were both kind of aligned for the shooting <laughs> josh for not really shooting in portland matisse because he really couldn't shoot in philadelphia and we've both seen we've seen some good moments from both of them since they were moved to new places. So 
what Thibault gives you defensively is on the fancy radar as it is, but if he can turn into a dependable three-point shooter, that would be huge for his fantasy value going into the next season. Yeah, and I mean, I think you can make the argument uh, he's worth rostering right now yeah. um, in, in deep competitive leagues because he gives you – I mean, outside of – he doesn't really give you much for rebounds and assists, but the steals and the threes that he can give you, I mean, I think it definitely makes it worthwhile – um, and you touched on Josh Hart for a second there. Just want to shout out the Knicks. They're six and one in their last seven games since acquiring Josh Hart. I'm still concerned about RJ Barrett. Like I don't. I'm trying to think forward to next year of like where would you even think to draft him? But like he's just not a good fantasy player. No matter whether he scores 23 points, 25 points with six rebounds, it's going to be inefficient. It's going to be ugly. And I think that the the Knicks probably need to. I don't know. I think that he's holding them back. Is that too much to say? Like, I feel like they might need them. They should have probably included him in a package deal at some point this season. But I think they've just been waiting for when's he going to arrive? When's he going to arrive? But I don't know. This yeah. team is built on defense and effort. And Mitchell Robinson having him back and having um, Josh Hart in the fold, this team just looks better. And, like, he just kind of seems like he's the the guy that's trying to hunt and still get his, but he doesn't mm-hmm. quite fit. I don't know. Yeah, I thought he played well against the Celtics on Monday, but – like you noted, he doesn't give you anything defensively. The percentages aren't there. He's been on my do not draft list each, each of the last two years, and he's going to stay there for next year. Yeah. Um, I know uh, I think another guy in that similar mold would be Keldon Johnson. I know a lot of people are high on him coming into this season, but he never really gave you anything defensively. So I think guys like that, they have to be rostered just because of how prominently they figured in their respective teams' rotations. But you pretty much know what you're going to get, and that's not very good from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, and I think that there's way better options, at least yeah. for the San Antonio Spurs, if you're going to go hunting on the waiver wires for them. I'd rather have Jeremy Sohan, Sohan right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Malachi Branham got hurt last night. Um, we'll see what the injury report is on that. But um, Zach Collins has actually been pretty good. Yeah. Kind of hurt it, surprisingly hurting in the field goal percentage, but is doing what he can do for rebounds. He's gotten some stocks. They get four stocks yesterday. Yes. Um, so there's definitely some fantasy value to be had in San Antonio. Um, but real quick, just want to hop back to another acquisition that happened um, in Russell Westbrook and how he's working out with the Clippers. What are the early, what are the early reactions there? I think he actually fits better than he did in the Lakers, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. There's still going to be some some uh, growing pains here, I think. Yeah, they're now 0-3 um, since they acquired him. Lost last night um, to Minnesota. You know, that's one of those games where you need that you know, Minnesota's trying to move up in the standings. The Clippers trying to kind of hold serve where they are. Um, I think a non-fantasy point that needs to be said, the idea of the L.A. Clippers is greater than the reality of the L.A. Clippers, if we're being completely <laughs> honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, between injuries, injury management, you know, we have Paul and Kawhi. They're back now. Uh, Paul's still on a bit of a minutes restriction. I think that has more to do with the segments that he plays within games as opposed to the minute total. But you've got those guys. You're trying to work in Westbrook. They got Ivica Zubats back last night, which is, is big for them from a rebounding standpoint. Right. But, yeah, Russ, He'll get you the points, rebounds, and assists, but the turnovers concern me not just for him, but the team as a whole. They had 24 last night, 25 in that double overtime loss to the Kings. Only had 12 against Denver on Sunday, but you're turning the ball over that much. That's a big issue. 
Yeah, and that's that's what you get with Russ, man. He's mm-hmm. the the IQ at this stage in the game. I just feel like it's just not there. He just makes reckless passes, and then obviously this is still some, just some chemistry issues that they're trying to figure yeah. out playing together. I think they'll figure it out. I mean, they're still in pretty good standing, but it's a tight race in the West, so they're gonna have to figure it out very quickly. And wanted to note one thing as a part of that. You know, the the Clippers, being that the trade deadline in most default leagues is tomorrow. I'll be looking to actually trade Kawhi Leonard and yeah. and and Paul George because they only play eight games over. If your playoffs start in week 20, they only play eight games, which is the lowest amount in the mm-hmm. NBA. Um, if they start week 21, I could see the argument for holding on to them because they do play four games on championship week. However, I think it's also there's also one back-to-back on that. So I don't know that mm-hmm. you're going to get Kawhi Leonard for four games or Paul George for four games. So, you know, if just the savvy managers – Leverage this. Kawhi Leonard is a top 10 player in, in per game value over the last uh, month and a half. I'd sell him, man. Like, it's not yeah. worth the headaches. And, yeah, he's a good fancy player, but you can get somebody that can play more games, maybe upwards of 11, 12 games like, you know, the the Brooklyn Nets, um, the, the Miami Heat, some other teams that you could target there. Um, but then also, yeah, it's just I, they play two games in week 20. So, like, you just yeah. – if you have any fringe Clippers like the Terrence Manns, Mason Plumley, now that you know Ivica Zubac is back, um, Eric Gordon, I don't know who's really rostering him right now, but yeah. you know any any of those fringe Clippers, I would get rid of them right after week, t- right before week twenty, because they're not going to be much help for you. Only playing on Wednesday and a ten game slate, deep ten game slate on Saturday night. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They also have a back to back this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, so. You know, Kawhi hasn't played in the back-to-back, both ends of a back-to-back this season. So you have to kind of assume that he will sit out one of those two. Yeah. Um, you hope not, but the way that they've played it to this point, it le- really leans towards in that direction. Yep, it does. And uh, news came out, sadly, it just just a awful, awful season for LaMelo Ball. I mean, great when he actually played. I mean, this dude was mm-hmm. a top 12 in per-game value, but – fractured his ankle and at this point you know with all the load management discussion and injury management it's ironic how you know this guy has been kind of pushing it all season like injury after sustaining the re-aggravating this injury Mm -hmm. or I should say aggravating the injury now now we get the worst case result what are we doing from a fancy perspective hopefully you know people in in immediate reaction go get Dennis Smith Jr but is there any other players that you think might also um, benefit from the absence of LaMelo Ball? I think Terry Rozier. Obviously, he's going to be rostered in most leagues already. He's someone who may have the ball in his hands a bit more from a playmaker standpoint. So I think he can benefit. Uh, We've seen some good things from Gordon Hayward recently. So he's someone else that can benefit Kelly Oubre as well. But, you know, I think obviously Dennis Smith, as soon as that news broke, Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy you probably wake up at midnight the following morning to make sure you pick him up. But outside of him, I don't see much coming from like a Taylor Maladon or a Bryce McGowan. So that's pretty much it, I think, from Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, I think you covered that. Um, Kelly Oubre has seen 20-plus minutes in his last three, so it's good to see him coming back. I was kind of surprised he wasn't moved at the deadline. But now, you know, I mean, Charlotte, they're they're not going anywhere. So we'll see how their minutes are managed towards the end of the season here. I'm curious, you know, whether they continue to ride. You know, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, another guy that's often injured, um, how they're, how they're going to kind of play that out as the season winds down here. Um, the Hawks decided to hire Quinn Snyder. Um, I guess he's going to be joining the team pretty soon. That's a he, kind of he abnormal. Coached, yeah. 
kind of abnormal to be <laughs> coaching a team. I mean, at least they're, you know, they're in playoff contention. So, but I'm just curious how this locker room is going to kind of rally around. I mean, I guess anything's better than Nate McMillan in, in the eyes of some. So uh, we've seen some improvement from Trey Young. He's, he appears to be happy. Um, but what are you thinking of this Hawks team now that they have a new coach and any expectations from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, he made his debut last night, actually. Three-point okay. loss to the Wizards. Um, the thing that jumped out to me was Trey Young's usage. You know, on the season, he's at 33.3. It was 40.4 last night. Uh, DeJounte Murray stayed about where he is, what, 24, 25 <clears throat> usage. But some of the fringe guys may be taking a hit if that becomes a trend where Trey has the ball in his hands even more. Um, I don't know if he's at his best or the team is at its best when Trey has a usage that high, but obviously he's going to have the ball in his hands. So I think we're looking to see what happens here. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich is someone who could benefit from the change. Um, but I think Trey Young's probably going to be the big winner here in terms of fantasy value. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think now that John Collins is back to, uh, Sadiq Bay's time as a, you know, a streamer is probably yeah. done. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good call out in terms of his usage rate. Um more pick and roll opportunities for him to probably get more assists. Um only had 7 last game, but you know, you put the ball in your best playmaker's hands, good things should happen. But yeah, Anyako Kongwu is a guy that I think has been playing really well. Um I think his minutes are probably going to take a hit now as well now that that mm-hmm. uh, the team is probably getting a little bit healthier. Um I'm a little bit worried about John Collins though, man. 26 minutes. Yeah, he's coming off an injury. But he's really been disappointing, so I don't know. That would be a guy that I'd be looking to move at the trade deadline if you could. Just not seeing the production or level of production that you'd want to see of a player of his caliber. Um, Wanted to talk about also James Wiseman a little bit because Detroit Pistons are tanking to the fullest right now. And, you know, Jalen Duren's on the shelf um, we'll see when he returns, but it's really given up more opportunities for for James Wiseman, a guy that I don't think many expected to maybe get a huge workload. But him and Marvin Bagley are absolutely thriving right now. Mm-hmm. Are you picking them both up? Do you think that they both have staying power? I think they do. Uh, it was reported shortly after they acquired Wiseman that he was going to start. It wasn't made clear exactly when. Right. I don't think they envision injuries being the reason why, but. They want to see what they have there. He's played pretty well as long as he's avoided foul trouble. Bagley went for 21-18 and 18 against Toronto over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I think both of those guys you're picking up because even if they get Stewart and Duren back in short order, Bojan Bogdanovic kind of concerns me in terms of his workload down the stretch because yeah. you pretty much know what you have there, and they seem committed to keeping him. So, I mean, what's the the – I guess what's the incentive to keep him keep putting him out there when he's been dealing with soreness in both of his Achilles tendons recently? That sounds like a very old man injury right there. Yeah. <laughs> both Achilles, like, yeah, I think I need to take yeah. some rest. But you're right. Um, I, I think that that is definitely going to be a concern for him. That's another player that I would be looking to move um, before this deadline. You know, I think Hamadou Diallo is a guy that has been around Detroit for a few years now. Mm -hmm. He's been playing pretty well, good for field goal percentage, getting some stocks will hurt your your free throw percentage. But then also Alec Burks is a guy that I think is also going to be a a popular streaming option, especially going into week 20 with the the Detroit Pistons have a really favorable schedule four games and they play against the, uh, the Charlotte Hornets and Indiana Pacers, both pace up teams um, as well as the Wizards. Um, so, yeah, I think that, 
you know, if you're looking for some streaming options, I think the Detroit Pistons certainly are a good option. But Boyan Bogdanovich with at this point with the Achilles and where they are in the standings just doesn't make much sense for them to continue to trot him out there late in the season. Um, speaking of standings and determining the future, LeBron James is going to be out indefinitely. We'll see. He's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks for that foot injury. Um, he'll tell you he's a soldier. Talking to Pat Mahomes, he's not the only one that can play through mm-hmm. an ankle injury. Um, so his it really sounds like his determination of whether he's going to come back is based on where the Lakers are in the standings and how he's feeling pain tolerance-wise. Do you think he comes back, and what do you think the prospects of the Lakers making the playoffs are? I don't think he comes back. Um, I think whenever you hear someone say, I heard a pop and you suffer a lower body injury, that's really yeah. concerning. Um, yeah. So they're talking about a minimum of two weeks before he's reevaluated. By that point, based on where they are in the standings, like they needed to get on a serious run to have a chance of avoiding the play in. No LeBron, and they just lost to Memphis. Um, Good thing for them they made that comeback against Dallas on Sunday. Yeah, but they needed that one. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going to be back just because I think they're going to be too far behind. You add in a D'Angelo Russell injury, um, Anthony Davis is going to do what he can, but I don't know if they're going to have the firepower, especially with a really tough schedule coming up here. Yeah, uh, they're one game back from the Pelicans right now in the tenth spot, and you figure. Um, just news update on Zion Williamson. He's going to be evaluated. He's going to be getting another MRI in a week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what he what, what if he comes back. Um, but I mean, for fantasy purposes, LeBron James is pretty much done. Um, yeah, that's uh, definitely going to hurt. So who are you picking up in the interim? I know Austin Reeves definitely going to benefit here, mm-hmm. um, as well as Vando. But I think J- Jared Vanderbilt is probably more rostered. Um, yeah. He's probably more of a shallow league guy if he's somehow. I don't know why he would be out there, but definitely would pick him up. But anyone else that you think is going to thrive in LeBron's absence? Yeah, I think it's either Reeves or Lonnie Walker uh, at this point. Um, Troy Brown Jr. did start for LeBron Tuesday night and that lost to Memphis, but he didn't offer much of anything. No. And I think even if they continue to come off the bench, Reeves and, and Walker are better looks for fantasy than him. Yeah. Yeah, Reeves. I, I like Reeves a lot, man. He's very efficient, um, can shoot the three, does a little bit of everything. Um, and I think he's going to be – He's he was already in the closing lineup before LeBron's injury, so I, I think mm-hmm. Darvin Ham certainly is trusting him um, in these situations. But this is about to be Anthony Davis to the moon. That's assuming he does <laughs> – I don't know, man. <laughs> you can never tell well, him AD, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> breathe, on, breathe on him wrong, and, you know, he's missing three weeks, as Reggie Miller stated. When something happens to your car, you might say – But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal... And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Let's talk uh, some buy, sell, hold, man. Uh, let's get to it at the, at the top of it. Paolo Bancaro broke out of his slump, had like 29 points a couple of games ago. But man, this guy cannot hit a three-pointer. Um, shooting like 3% right now for the month of February. Um, what are you doing with him right now? He's ranked outside the top 350 um, in per game value over the last month. Is this a guy that you'd be looking to get out of the slump as we approach the final three, four weeks of the of the fancy basketball season? Or what, what are you thinking about doing here? Man, I think I would try to kick the tires on a trade. Um, he's too good and too valuable to that team to just outright drop in a fantasy league, obviously. But I think that's something where I would try to sell someone on, hey, he broke out of his slump the other night, scored 29 points. He's going to play plenty down the stretch because, you know, that's a young team is trying to build something. So he'll get – he won't – I don't think he's a shutdown risk at all. So I think if you can put that out there and see what you can get in return, uh, maybe give that a shot. But otherwise, I think you're going to hold him just because you can't really just drop him. So. Yeah, and Orlando's two and a half games back on the um, on the 10 spot. So, yeah, they're going to – they weren't really active sellers at the deadline outside of Mo Bamba. So, you know, I think that they are going to certainly try to make a push for it. That's good for Paolo. Paolo's minutes are secure. I think you're right. Use this as the sell-high opportunity for sure. Um, Nick Richards. Um. What are you doing with him? Or do you think he's did you think he's worthy of a streaming option now? Um, the Charlotte Hornets have a decent schedule coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, what are you doing with him? I mean, he could be a low end double double, but do you think he's worth streaming and holding on to in competitive leagues? <sighs> I'm the one who put his name on the list just because I thought that Mark Williams was way too obvious. Like he's been yeah. an absolute stud for them, but I think Richards, if you can guarantee him 18 to 20 minutes per game, I think he's worth a look in your extremely deep leagues. Um, not so much a standard pickup, but I think he's worth a, a shout there. Um, but I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. Um, so being that where we are in terms of strategy, if you have a buy going into week 20, I would actually trade Mark Williams and Nick Richards because in week 21, they play two games Mm -hmm. and those games are on, uh, let me double check here. They play on uh, eight games Tuesday and a eight game Friday. So you should be able to play them. However, week 21, man, you could have several other teams that could give you two extra games. So the fact that I'd say Mark Williams is probably more I'd be more interested in holding on to him if you did have to make that decision. Nick Richards to me is expendable after week 20 because of their, mm-hmm. their schedule. Um, but if you're, if you're grappling for a, a playoff spot for week 20, I'm okay with, 
you know, scrapping it out with with Mark with Mark Williams for sure, and also um, Nick Richards because at least the the, the uh, Hornets play four games, and those mm-hmm. four games, more importantly, the Knicks, very scrappy team. Who knows? Mark Williams could get into foul trouble. He could get minutes there. Detroit. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be going mm-hmm. up against Marvin Bagley, who plays at zero defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got Utah. So very big, friendly teams that at least trot out a big man that won't run him off the court. So I think that that actually gives Nick Richards a little bit of staying power in week in week 20. But yeah, week 21, I'd probably be bailing on 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 the Charlotte Hornets in general. But yeah, so to answer the question, if you're in a bye week, I'm selling. If you're fighting for your life, I'd, I'd hold on to him. Right. Um, um and all right so for the next thing man let's just get into some scheduling stuff for the oh you got one more one more name um someone in the comments asked about him and i think it's a good shout because he's been close to a top 100 player over the last month charles bassey um backing up zach collins in san antonio i i don't know i like him um, but I, I'd love to hear, is he someone that we're looking to buy right now or is he kind of just a hold? But he's only 8% rostered, so he's going to be available in a lot of leagues right now. Uh, I mean, their stat lines are actually pretty similar, right? Like yeah. eight mm-hmm. over his last five, eight points, eight rebounds, a block and a steal, 53% from the field. I think that's definitely worth back end. That's worth mm-hmm. back end bench depth, um, especially at this stage in the game. Um Looking at the schedule for next week, the Spurs play two games, so not ideal. Yeah. Um, and one of those games, I believe, uh, no, so they're on Denver. the lighter slates at least. Yeah. Um, they're playing Denver and OKC, which it's always fun playing OKC. Mm-hmm. But if you look ahead to the week next to that, they do play four games, and it's a really good schedule um, in week 21 versus the – we got the – uh, Actually, not as – oh, yeah, yeah, Orlando, Memphis, and Atlanta, and Dallas, who's also – I mean, they're getting Maxi Kleba back, which is a godsend for them for defensively. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Bassey, maybe not – you might have to drop him for week 20, but I would pick him back up in week 21, yeah. um, especially with the San Antonio Spurs trying to figure out what they have in their, in their youth. I, I think it's definitely worth holding on to. But, yeah, week 20 – if you're fighting for contention, you're probably going to unfortunately have to drop them considering that they don't play until uh, – they don't play till Friday. Wednesday. Wednesday. So, okay. Yeah. So that's uh, – oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, fr- wait. Friday. Yeah, no. Yeah. You're dropping them. you, you got to drop them. <laughs> so let's talk about – since we're talking about scheduling, who are you picking, I guess, in terms of games left for Week 19, players that are going to be making that push or teams that you'll want to target if you're making that push – so Thursday and Friday, Golden State's got a Golden State and the Clippers both have a back-to-back set. So maybe Dante DiVincenzo, I, I think yeah. he's going to be definitely a guy that's still uh, very well uh, under rostered, but still will have a good time to shine. Kevon Looney, another guy that we've talked about. What do you think of Jonathan Kaminga? I know he had a great game last night. Um, a couple thunderous dunks, shot eight for ten from the field. Do you think that that's a, a person that you could stream uh, for the rest of Week Nineteen? Yeah, I think you can do that. Um, even though Clay Thompson has begun to play both ends of back to backs, I could still see a situation where they try to kind of ration his minutes, so to speak. So yeah, you know, I think Kaminga, he's someone who's solidly in the rotation right now. So I definitely think he's worth a look. I think he's fourteen percent rostered in Yahoo leagues right now too. So. 
Yeah. Um, teams I'm avoiding Cleveland. I mean, not, that, not, not, not that there's much fancy value to be had there. It's like really Karis Levert. Um, but they play Boston and Detroit. Uh, sorry, just Detroit to close out the week mm-hmm. on Saturday. So they only have one more game. Um, the Denver Nuggets only have one more game against the Grizzlies. So, um, I mean, I'm probably not dropping. I mean, maybe Bruce Brown, I guess maybe you could drop him, but I'd probably hold on to him um, going into next week because the, the Nuggets play four games. So, uh, yeah, you just got to sit tight there. And unfortunately, you know, you're not going to get much production out of them. Um, the Atlanta Hawks have two games playing Portland and Miami. But, you know, as we talked about it before, I don't really see much bench depth really helping yeah. you on the Hawks outside of, you know, maybe Anyakon Kongwu. Um, that that's probably pretty much it. I wouldn't even roster Sadiq Bay right now. Um, what other what other players are you eyeing uh, to close out the week here? Um, I think I'm eyeing that situation in Phoenix more than anything. Um, you know, Kevin Durant set to make his return tonight. Um, there's still questions who that fifth starter will be: the Josh Kogi or yeah. Tory Craig. I think those two guys are three more games this week. Regardless of who gets in, I think Okogie's been the better fantasy option recently uh, since the All-Star break. So maybe he has a better chance of starting, but they're both going to play. I think those two guys are ones that I'm looking at, especially in deeper leagues right now. Yeah, for Okogie, I would probably, uh, same situ- similar situation as the Clippers, the the Suns only play two games next week, and they're on Wednesday and Saturday. Um, so, you know, while I would hold Okogie, through the weekend, I'd probably drop him. Just be, you know, if you're you know scrapping to try to get some extra games in there, he's a guy that you could probably be able to pick up again because KD is coming back and KD is going to be on a men's restriction. Um, if there's any back-to-back sets, I'd be questioning whether he would actually play in those. Um, so look from, looking forward to week 21, the Suns play four games. So you know, I think that's really where you know Kogi could definitely be valuable because they have a back-to-back back in there. Um, I'm thinking he's going to win out, and I think he's you know in terms of Monty Williams and what he's been doing and trying him out there, what he's been, you know, contributing. I think he's really a good fit more than Tory Craig, but outside of that, again, it's like, where's the depth really that you can have mm-hmm. in terms of waiver pickups on the Suns now that they have such a loaded starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely going to be must see TV seeing how KD uh, kind of meshes in with the, with Chris Paul, that's going to be seamless. You know, they had time together in the, with the Olympic team, but Devin Booker and Deandre Ayton, man, this, this lineup is definitely going to be, uh, one of the scarier lineups we've seen in a long time. Um, another team I would just kind of put out there that you may want to ditch ahead of week 20 is the Bulls. They also play two games and they're playing against the, I think they play on Wednesday night and Saturday. Um, so just not going to help you in the beginning of the week. So, you know, the, the fringe guys like the, you know, Pat Beverly, he's become fantasy relevant again. Um, Pat Williams been Pat Williams, pretty much, yeah, you know, giving true. you a little, a little bit of something, but never enough. Um, but I think you could safely cut bait there. Um, wouldn't trade the the Zach Levines and Demar Derozan's quite yet, yeah. although Demar's been struggling a little bit, and, and Zach's coming off a bad game. But and I think they're still going to be pretty solid. Nikola Vucevic, I think we, we talked about it a while ago. Maybe it's like a buy sell or something like that. Has he been one of the best? Uh, he's probably been one of the more under undervalued centers this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, top 20 player. And, you know, I don't think anyone's really talked about how great he's been uh, this season, but he's been holding it down for all formats, points, Roto, and head-to-head. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. Um, you pretty much know what you're going to get from him. You know, the yeah. double-double, he may approach 20 and 10. Most nights you can hit three-pointers, um, get you a couple assists. 
the defensive stats, I think he, he's adequate there. But the main thing is the offense. So, yeah, I like I've liked Vucevic all season as well. Yeah. Sidebar. Um, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of this. Um, I'm in the middle of this baseball draft, this slow, fancy baseball draft. And I don't know what's your take on slow drafts anyway. Like I get, like I like it in the off season sometimes, but like because there's like time difference, time difference changes. Like I sometimes I got to wake up and I'm on the clock and I'm like I don't want to have pressure to like draft when I'm like waking up in the morning. So anyway, I, I go. On, that's I'll get on my soapbox on that. But um, I, I'm go wrestling with these pitchers and like I'm deep into this draft now. It's like 20 team. It's 15 teams and you got to have like 26 rosterable players. It's insane. So I'm in this like back half of the draft. I'm like, which pitcher do I get here? Do I get an RP? And I'm like struggling with like, I'm, I'm with Andrew Painter of the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking for some additional advice, man. I'm like, I don't know. Which guy do I pick here? <laughs> First and foremost, don't do slow drafts. Um, <laughs> that I absolutely despise them because not everyone has the decency to load up their queue. Now, sometimes you end up waiting the full 12 or 24 hours for someone to make a pick. That would be my first piece of advice. But since you can't do that, um, I would suggest picking up the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Um, That way you get all your player information, um, trends throughout the course of their career, different rankings. And if you enter the code pennant 25, you get 25 percent off of the guide. Um, also, just you know, visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide for more information on that. And I'm interested to see how the different rules changes work out in baseball this year, too, with the pitch clock and things like that. So, but yeah, make sure you check out the baseball draft guide if you need any help picking your teams, be it a slow or a fast draft. Yeah, that's the pitch clock has been very very problematic to Twitter, but I think it's great, man. You got to speed up baseball, man. Especially like I go to the Oakland A stadium, man. I'm waiting for that game to be over. Like, I don't want to stay here any longer than I have to. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, but to- totally agree, man. I-, I do a lot of slow drafts for, for dynasty football and it's just hell. Like I can't stand it. Let's just get this thing over with speaking of let's get this thing over with um, being at the trade deadline. We talked about it. The trade deadline is tomorrow for most default leagues. What players are you looking to acquire at the deadline? We talked about a few of them. I got a couple other ones that I that I want to mention, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you first. Mikhail Bridges for one. Are you talking Ooh. about acquiring? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the kind of player where if I'm trying to win a championship, I'm willing to give up a significant amount of capital to add him. I was even if the shot isn't falling, which hasn't been the case most nights since he's joined the Nets. He will give you good defensive value. So I think he's in a far better position to show his entire skill set in Brooklyn than he ever was in Phoenix. So that's one guy where I'm all in on Mikhail Bridges. You know, back on the East Coast, I'm trying to acquire him by all means. Yeah, uh, I'll stick with the same team. Cam Johnson is a guy that I'd be looking to acquire, and he's going to be much cheaper (laughs) than than Mikhail Bridges. (laughs) Um, but he's a guy that I think is really going to thrive down the stretch here. We've already see, start to see his offensive game kind of start to open up a little bit. He mentioned talking to Jacques Vaughn at an oppressor. They were still trying to figure out the defensive assignments because it's so different than being in Phoenix. Um, but I think it's already starting to come together. He had like what, four stocks the other night, um, 27 points. Like this, this guy's definitely going to start to break out a little bit here. And, um, 
he's going to be in a position to really put the ball in the net because it's only Spencer Dinwiddie and Mikhail Bridges that are really uh, getting up as many shots as him. I think we're going to start to see Cam Thomas fade a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, I think Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges should certainly be on the top of the list for um, anyone you want to acquire at the deadline. Anyone else that uh, kind of piques your interest? Um, not particularly, but there is a question in the comments section. Oh, that bring it. My interest. Um, C Bamba, C Bamba Bamba asks, what, what do you think of Curry's injury and does trading Tyrese, I assume Halliburton, the Tyrese he means, does trading Tyrese for Curry make sense? Definitely isn't Maxi at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say absolutely not. I'm holding on to Tyrese Halliburton by, no, nah, you're going to have to make me a godfather offer. And at this point, since we don't know when Steph is going to be back, he ain't included in that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not making that trade. Yeah, I was hoping we'd have a an update on Steph by the yeah. by the time we're recording here. We don't. So, yeah, no, nah, I can't do it. Tyrese is going to ride him to the fantasy championship, man. He's yeah. not going to get shut down. There's no injury concerns. Dude's going to be dropping 20 and 10. So, plus steals, like, no, don't, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth the risk. I get the upside in trying to get somebody like Steph, but with so many injury concerns here, um, I, I would continue to ride it out with uh, Tyrese Halliburton, no doubt. Agreed. Um, try to think here. Um, other players to acquire at the deadline. Uh, so I said sell, sell the Clippers. Um, whew, trying to think of some names off the top of my head here. Um, Dejounte Murray. What would you do with him at the deadline? I would try to sell him. Um, I think his his usage is going to remain about where it was, as we discussed earlier in the show. If Trey Young's going to be hitting high 30s, 40% usage, DeJounte, as good as he can be defensively, and when he does have the ball in his hands, I think that's going to be a pretty big hit to his value. So you certainly don't want to cheap out on what you get in return for him, but that's someone that I would strongly consider moving at this point. I feel that. Um, I got a question on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, let me run it by you real quick. Keeper League. Keeper League, he's got LaMelo. Uh, you got to keep two between LaMelo, JJ, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham. I'm definitely 12, 12-team, keeping- 9-cap. Yeah. I'm definitely keeping Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, even if he misses time, as we've seen, when he's on the court, you can't get that block potential from many other players in the NBA. I think he's no. third in total blocks, leads the league in average average blocks per game. So, yeah, he's one that I'm keeping for sure. Um, so you got Evan Mobley, LaMelo Ball, who, and Cade Cunningham. And Cade Cunningham. Man, that's a good that's a bit of a dilemma there. Um, I think I would lean LaMelo and you just kind of hope that the injuries aren't a trend of what's to come for him. Um, But just because he's going to have the ball in his hands so much in Charlotte, once he gets back next season, I would keep him over K just because there's too many moving parts, I think in Detroit right now and how they're all going to fit together. Obviously, he's a huge part of their rebuild, but how does he fit with Wiseman, Duran, Stewart, 
you know, all those guys, Jaden Ivey. So I think I like a I like Lamelo's situation a bit more there than than Kate. So I'm gonna go a slightly different direction. Agree, JJJ is definitely the hold, and got to shout out that monster putback he had on Anthony Davis last <laughs> night. My God, mm-hmm. like <laughs> that was that was that definitely should be a cannon for dunk of the year because the authority in which he threw that ball through the rim. But the other guy that I will go with is actually Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley yeah, and I'm thinking that because. Not only the injury risk for LaMelo and Cade, but I think that you could also, depending on where you drafted these guys, I think that you could probably redraft LaMelo, Cade next season. Probably Definitely Cade at a discount. Probably yeah. not LaMelo. But you should probably be able to get those guys again. Whereas you pair Evan Mobley and Jaron Jackson Jr. together, your defensive stats are going to yeah. be solid, rock solid. You'd and want I think it, that, yeah, you yeah. want at least one category per week with those two guys. So. Absolutely. And I think that there's, there's still a higher... I've, we haven't seen Mobley's ceiling yet, and I think I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see what he would be like year two um, with Donovan Mitchell, no Kevin Love, you know, the, the chemistry there. We'll see how this playoff run goes. I think there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, that's a pairing that I'm going to definitely be looking for next season if I can try to get it. Um, I think Evan Mobley is going to really improve as this as mm-hmm. his career wears on. And LaMelo, I don't know, man, maybe he just needs to get some ankle braces like Steph because, like, I feel like we're getting into that, like, oh, man, why is he so good? Like, but why does he keep on spraining his ankles? Like, we got to lock them things up, man. Um, mm-hmm. Double ta- double tape wrap, something you got to do something because I don't, I don't want to see that LaMelo go through what Steph went through for the, that several years of his career um, just in and out of the lineup. So um, any other final thoughts before we get into week 20, man? Um, well, someone – same person has a question about Robert Williams. If we think he's going to be able to pick it up fantasy wise um, to where he was last season when he was healthy, he was an elite fantasy player. Defensive point. player of the year. Yeah. So I, I, I think he will. I just don't know if it'll be this season just because of the pieces that they have. Um, and the fact that they're trying to really monitor his minutes before the, the actual playoffs. So, I think it's more of a futures type hold with Robert Williams personally. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think that maybe it's worth exploring selling him at the deadline yeah. because his numbers are looking like Charles Bassey's over the last five, which is like, <laughs> God, that's a, that's a steep, yeah. that's a steep decline. Cause usually it's the stocks that really bring up Robert Williams fantasy value and also his ability to get assists. And he just hasn't been doing that as much at only 26 minutes a game. You're right. I think this is a, this is a championship play. This is a real-life basketball move, not a fantasy move. Mm-hmm. So I think they're kind of preserving him for when it matters most because they were – I mean, they were right there for that championship. So a healthy Robert Williams in the playoffs is much more important than than our fantasy our fantasy lineup. So, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to expect him to pick it up. I would actually be looking to sell. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that'll do it for Round Ball Stew. Meet us back here Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, same time. And uh, we'll get you ready for the fantasy playoffs, man. And good luck at the trade deadline. Hopefully you're able to acquire players like Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and sell away some of that dead weight. Um, Raph, have a good weekend, man. And uh, we'll see you next week. You do the same. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And 
just like that. State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.